Welcome to IBBA Insights, providing expert advice on buying or selling small businesses. IBBA Insights is presented by the International Business Brokers Association, the world's largest nonprofit organization for those helping others sell or buy businesses. Now, here's your host, Chris Diglio. Welcome to IBBA Insights. I'm your host, Chris Diglio, and I'm excited to be here again with you for another, another uh, hopefully very exciting episode. It's a topic that, you know, for the 23 years I've been in business brokerage, I've heard the debate from people on whether or not a business broker should specialize in a certain industry. And there are valid points to be made for each side. Today, we're going to talk about the side of it that deals with the benefits of specialization, the challenges that you might face. And how to determine if this is something that you want to explore. And so what better way to do this than speak with two people who have reached the top of the, you know, the top of the mountain when specializing in, in businesses in a certain industry. My guests today are Lou Vessio and Michael Manchin. Just to tell you a little bit about both gentlemen before they come on. Um, Lou Vessio, a lot of you know, past chairman of the IBBA, great contributor, all around great guy. If, if I ever met anyone that said they didn't like Lou, I'm going to think there's something wrong with that person. But Lou um, flew um, jets for over 20 years, first as an F-4 fighter pilot during Vietnam and later for the Air National Guard. So thank you, Lou, for your service. He was an executive with Texas Instruments. He started, uh, built, and sold numerous computer training businesses. He briefly retired before joining Sunbelt when he rose to, one, to be one of their top 50 brokers. He co-founded the agency Brokerage Consultants, a nationally ranked M&A advisor, in the uh, insurance industry. And as I mentioned, he's a former chairman of the IBBA and does so much in teaching and, and, and helping those in the industry through the association. And Michael Mench, uh, Michael left a PhD program in chemical engineering at Virginia Tech in 2005 to pursue business brokerage. He joined Lou at the age of 28, which by the way, is the age I joined uh, business brokerage. So it's a, must be something uh, of a good age to decide what we're going to do. But with no prior business or sales background, um, so I certainly can relate to that. In 2008, he sold his very first insurance agency and went all in to focus on on that particular industry. And since then, he's produced a series of webinars and uh, articles on valuing, managing, acquiring, and selling insurance agencies. He's won numerous top sales awards from the IBBA and M&A Source. He was named an ACFIS 40 under 40 list of emerging leaders in business valuation. And he's risen to be one of the most well-known M&A advisors in the insurance industry. So, Mike, Lou, welcome to IBBA Insights. Uh, thanks. Thank you. All right, guys, we're gonna we're gonna jump right into it because we have a lot to cover. Um, you guys uh, and Lou, you founded um, the the company Agency Brokerage Consultants, and recently you were ranked number three by S and P Global in the insurance brokerage industry, and you've been voted uh, the top firm of the year by the M&A source. So, you know, that's come a long way from when you started to specialize in selling insurance companies. So if, if you don't mind starting, Lou, when did you decide to specialize and, and, and what, what pushed you in that direction? Well, uh, we, we sold our first agency. It was a, actually, it was a lead from, uh, another client we sold a metal services center and one of the owners of the metal services center uh, had a brother who owns an insurance agency so we went and talked to him and we sold that agency and this is when 
the two two thousand eight two thousand nine time frame when nothing was selling and there was no bank loans available, and we had so many buyers for it that uh, we decided, well, let's go see if we can sell another one. And then we sold another one, and that's when we decided to specialize in it. It was a uh, it was a good choice to make at the time. When when you say specialize in that, so you started during the. Uh, the, the vibrant days when, you know, money was freely flowing, sarcasm, right? But, uh, you know, you, you sold one, then you started selling many, and you saw that there was a need uh, in that industry, a lot of buyers. Um, but how long was it before you um, really focused just on selling uh, insurance companies? Uh, I don't remember exactly. Mike can probably add to this, but it was probably about a year and a half uh, when we really put the focus on on specializing it took it was probably about that long before we cut our ties with Sunbelt and rebranded but we were still targeting you know as soon as we sold that one we we started targeting agencies uh, it just we waited a year and then completely rebranded so Mike there are a lot of I look around at an IBBA conference and and, and I, I see a lot uh, younger business brokers getting into the business. When when I when I started in 1999 at 28 years old, I, I looked around and I mean I I I, I thought they were gonna they look at me like what are you doing here, kid? You know the uh, weren't weren't too many of us, but you know you joined uh, a great company and 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 had a great mentor in Lou. When you looked at the at joining um, uh, the company. At that point, was the company specializing, on, and and if so, or if not, you know, when you decided to specialize, what made you decide that was a, a path that was going to be right for you? Yeah, so I made the very smart choice of jumping in right when the uh, recession hit. So 2000, I think I went full time 2007. Um, you know, I was 28 years old, no experience. And we were trying to figure out, you know, Lou, was, Lou has obviously had much more career experience. So for me, it was a big learning curve in the beginning. And then uh, Lou did oh, the hold very on, Mike. wise. Mike, Mike. Yes. Hold on one second. Did you just, did you just call Lou old? <laughs> <laughs> experience, I think is what he used. <laughs> that would be I, a I'm just kidding. I, I could <laughs> we can pick on Lou because if, if there's no one else in this industry that's done more to help people than Lou Vesio, and he has a great sense of humor. So anyway, go ahead, Mike. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, I mean, so, you know, when Lou first brought me on, you know, I was on a salary, and then he did the great thing of putting me on 100% commission. And that was uh, the year we stumbled into the insurance specialty. So, you know, my wife got pregnant that year. I quit the PhD program to pursue this. We're in the middle of the recession, and as Lou likes to say, failure wasn't an option. So we were really trying to come up with, you know, how are we going to succeed in a really challenging environment? And we, you know, we got the referral for the agency uh, from a client that had a distribution business. We saw the opportunity, and actually, when we started talking to the buyers in the insurance industry, they, you know, there was one broker that specialized. And all the other brokers thought he was the guy and they didn't want to go compete with him. When you talk to the buyers, the buyers hated the guy. And one of them even said, you know, I really don't like that guy. I'd probably punch him in the face. So it was a uh, it was a sign of an opportunity, right? The perception 
was that it was very competitive. But then when you actually talk to people in the industry, there was a big opportunity for us. So, you know, a lot of the factors made sense. We had a lot of buyers for those type of businesses. We found a lender that would finance the deal. The competition was weak. And here I was, 28 years old, no experience. And and specializing for young people makes a lot of sense because you're learning curve. You can focus in and learn a lot faster. So, uh, you know, it just, once we stumbled into it, I went all in. I, I, you know, learned everything I could and I'm glad we did. And, you know, pretty much since 2008, that's all I focused on because uh, I like the industry so much. So we're going to specifically talk about specialization and what it means to specialize and how we could, how someone might decide that they're going to specialize within a certain industry. Of course, we'll talk a lot about, you know, insurance because that's what you guys have specialized in. But for those people that are out there, I think it's important for them to understand maybe a little bit more about your background and the decision making going into insurance. So I'd like to ask both of you, do either one of you have an insurance background? And I know you mentioned the fact that you got a listing for an insurance company and sold it and had a lot of then uh, uh, other uh, interested parties that may have wanted to purchase that business. So but prior to getting that listing, was it something that you had already been thinking of? Maybe we'll specialize in insurance companies, or was it a little bit more of, I'm not going to say dumb luck, but you know, opportunity that you saw with that first listing that really propelled you to go forward with uh, specializing in that industry? Well, I'll start with that, and I'll say it originally started as kind of dumb luck. We really didn't know anything other than I purchased a lot of insurance in my lifetime. But uh, we really didn't have any background in insurance at that time. Uh, Mike has since picked some up. I'll let him speak to that. But uh, uh, we just saw it as an opportunity that uh, nobody else was taking advantage of. So it was it was a good time for us to jump into it. And uh, it's worked out pretty well for us. Uh, I, Mike does have some experience. I'll let him talk about that a little bit. Yeah, I was going to say, I mean, it wasn't even on our radar when we came across, uh, when we got the referral. So, um, but no, so going into it, no, neither of us did. Uh, you, you covered our background. I later, you know, when we were well into the industry, bought, ran and sold an Allstate agency while still working with Lou. Uh, the one lesson I learned from that is the grass is greenest where you water it. So uh, to all the other brokers that don't go out there and buy your inventory, I gained uh, good experience, but you know, you lose time and money. And, and so, you know, I know a lot of brokers look at buying their inventory, but it's probably a bad idea. <laughs> well, let's, let's talk about our focus on industries. Um, specifically, you know, you guys do insurance, but there are a lot of other specialists out there that I've seen. Some people specialize in selling HVAC companies. Some people specialize in selling daycares. Other people specialize in selling restaurants. Uh, Mike, in your opinion, do certain industries afford more opportunities for specialization? Yes. I mean, look, there's a, you know, like you said, there's industry specialization. You can pick a size of a deal and specialize in that market, pick a type of buyer to work with, pick a geography. And as far as industry, I would say, yes, the industries that have a lot of consolidation, the industries that are being targeted by strategic buyers, those are good ones to go look at. But we, I mean, we all know brokers that have a whole variety of different specializations, even some that work with just 
specific buyers like visa buyers or with targeted private equity buyers. But I mean, there's so many different areas that a broker can specialize in. Yeah, one of the things that I think we found is if you can find a business that strategic buyers want to buy, like you mentioned HVAC, there's a lot of larger firms buying up smaller HVAC firms. Uh, that That's probably the best approach. Now, the biggest specialization are restaurants. 25% of all businesses sell to the restaurants, and we have a lot of restaurant specialists, and they do very well also. But uh, we have found that if you can find an industry that really – attract strategic buyers, I think you're better off. Well, guys, one of the things I learned a long time ago is we're all looking for some kind of a competitive advantage. You know, we're not the only ones out there trying to get a listing or trying to sell something. And yeah, you can say there's enough business out there for everyone. But look, people are going to decide who to use and who to market there or list their business with. And we're all looking for that competitive advantage. So does specializing in a certain industry uh, in your opinion, does that give the broker an advantage over those who don't specialize? Lou, I'll start with you first on that one. Uh, I would say absolutely. Uh, I mean, we've sold probably up in the neighborhood of over 200, I think 220 agencies around the country so far. And uh, that definitely helps when you can have that type of uh, portfolio of uh, done deals. It definitely makes a big difference. Uh that, not that we win them all, but uh, it, it certainly helps. One of the other things that helps us in the valuation phase, uh, you know, because we value about 200 and some agencies every year, a lot of them for banks. Uh, you know, we get we have a much better handle on how to value an agency than most general generalist brokers have. So I think that's also a big help. Yeah, and you get, Lou, as you always say, too, you you get to learn the industry lingo so you can talk their language, and you get to know the buyers, you get to know the lenders who's financing the deals, uh, and really the inside and out of the sale process, because every type of business, may there'll be little nuances to the transaction. So, yeah, 100% specialization gives you a leg up in the competition. Let's Let's say I'm a business owner, and I have a certain business to sell that you guys may specialize in. And obviously you decided you're going to specialize in an industry, but you started off with one. So you didn't have 200 transactions to talk about in the beginning. So those are people that are out there that let's say they just sold an HVAC company and they said, wow, there was so much activity in this. I'm going to specialize in that. So before you can get to a point where you say I've sold 10 or 20 or 50 or a hundred of these, you're starting off with that one, but yet now you want to be the person that says, I'm a specialist in it. How do you start off on that path to becoming the specialist so that you could you could talk about, hey, I, I specialize in selling HVAC companies? Well, I'll, I'll start with that one. It's just like we learn in IBBA classes about marketing. As soon as you sell a business, send out a bunch of letters to uh, – other businesses in the area saying, hey, we just sold this business, put a nice tombstone on there. And so they know you have an experience with at least one. And that's kind of how we started. And uh, I recommend doing that even if you sold 100 of them. You know, you always want to do that, let people know what you've done. Yeah. And when we got into it, I mean, it wasn't our space was not competitive. It's much more competitive now. But, um, you know, if you're 
calling on business owners and they're not they're not being called on by other brokers you have a good chance of having a conversation nowadays in our space you know our our client prospects are getting hit up a couple times a week by people so you know sometimes it's just getting on the phone and talking to people meaning the the business owner and because uh, they probably don't know somebody that has expertise in selling their type of business well, Michael, do you feel that a specialist in, in any industry, um, that someone that's selling businesses, that that gives the business owner the best chance at selling or maximizing the value or having confidence in the individual that, that's going to list their business? Uh, absolutely, 100% for the reasons we talked about, it's going to maximize the value for the seller to use a specialist. I mean, we're at the point, too, where our clients will refer us friends that own a different type of business and we'll go and introduce them to a specialist because we that's how much we believe in the value of working with one. Uh, and, and then, you know, like Lou said, we do valuations for banks that are financing deals we're not involved in. And we see that the average multiple that those sellers are getting are like a third less than what we're getting for our clients. So we've got factual information around the fact that we're delivering a lot of value for our clients. Lou, I'd like to ask you this question. So there's the, the flip side to this conversation. You have someone that doesn't specialize, and that's okay, right? You don't have to specialize in something. But what they'll say, because they'll go up against someone that's selling a, a business in a specific industry, let's say a restaurant, and they're, they're going up against a restaurant specialist. And, and so their talking point might be to the restaurant owner because they're not a specialist. They say, you know what? I don't then when they're asked the question, well, do you specialize in selling this business? And their response is, no, I don't specialize in, in selling restaurants. I specialize in selling businesses. And, and because of that, we have a process that works and, 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 it, and it works on any type industry. Um, is that a valid talking point or, 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 or are those just words? Well, it's one I tried to use before when I saw it was a generalist. So to, to answer, I guess it's somewhat valid, but in reality, if they talk to a specialist, they're probably going to go with the specialist because the specialist is going to know exactly what kind of questions to ask. The problem with being a generalist is if you don't know the ins and outs of the business, you probably can't ask the right questions. And when it comes to do the valuation, uh, understanding the you know the granular parts of the business uh, helps you do a much better valuation. I can just tell you in our industry, you know the types of carriers that the agency writes with is very important. You know, is it standard, non-standard business? So we can dig into all that. We can look at the carriers. We know exactly what they have. We know whether, we know the financial model uh, for the business. So we know if they're spending too much on labor, not enough on labor, if their rents are out of whack. So, you know, we, we dig down much further than a, a, a generalist would dig down. And one of the reasons why we get hired to do valuations is because we do have that experience. Yeah, I would say, you know, a good comparison is like a family doctor saying they can do open heart surgery, right? Yes, they got a better shot than somebody that's not a doctor, but the outcome's probably not going to be that great because, you know, they don't really know the whole process. <laughs> that's a good point, Michael. Oh. That's a very good point. So let, before I irritate, the majority of our listeners. Let me let me talk <laughs> let me talk a little further about 
about something else though. You know, if someone wants to specialize in a certain field, let's just say they wind up selling a lot of a particular industry, but this being a specialist at selling a certain industry mean that you can't sell businesses in other industries? I mean, we're not sitting here telling people that you only have to sell one industry, are we? No, absolutely not. And we do about once a year, we do sell a, another business or two. We just sold a, uh, a plumbing distribution business this year. Uh, the year before that, we sold an electronics distribution business. Uh, so we do sell some other businesses, but they typically come from referrals from our attorney. And we really don't market in that in that area at all. Uh, one of the other things about being a specialist, though, is markets have cycles, you know, and, uh, you know, this market will have a cycle someday. And, you know, probably uh, being prepared to move to something else would make a lot of sense. And because, uh, as I said, all businesses have cycles. So be prepared to uh, maneuver if the cycle changes on you. Yeah, that's a good point. You might be in an industry that that's cyclical in nature, and you go through a really great period where 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 things are plentiful, and then all of a sudden you go through a, a time period where they're not. So you know, industry choice is very important. I mean, you may you may look live in a state like we do in the state of Florida, and you might look at a business like uh, an HVAC company. And we both know people say sometimes, well, air condition that's a luxury. Well, not if you live in Florida. That air condition breaks someone's getting it fixed you know it's uh so it 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 there there's always a need for something insurance people have to have insurance restaurants people are going to eat out i mean so we have to look at industries i would imagine michael that 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 are plentiful in nature that that it's just not a a, a niche business because i would imagine it's it's tougher to specialize in niche businesses where and if that's all you're going to sell yeah, and again, I mean, you can have specialization beyond an industry, like working with a specific type of buyer. I mean, from a business point of view, the the whole idea is try to create a re replicable process, right? Because that, you know, if you're having to retool the process because you're doing one business and a different type of business, I mean, it slows down your whole production line, you know, as a brokerage firm. So, I try to tell our people, you know, we, some of them get referrals too. And I say, look, we got to stay in our lane because this is what we know. We can, we can run this process a lot smoother, a lot faster, and everybody makes more money as a result. So it doesn't have to necessarily be in one industry, but again, you can have a specialization. The key is, can you create a replicable sale process? Cause that is how you really speed things up and get deals done faster. Yeah. One of the other problems with specialization is, you know, your geography has to expand a lot to have enough businesses to sell. So, uh, you know, be prepared to, you know, move out of your current geography. Uh, you're going to have to do that. There's just, uh, there's probably not enough businesses in your area just to uh, supply you with enough business. So be prepared to expand out to other states. Um, in In our case, we work nationwide. So, be prepared to do something like that if you're going to specialize. Yeah, and, and in this post-COVID world, you know, everybody's so comfortable with Zoom that we we don't really even go to very many meetings anymore. Everything's so I think a lot of brokers in the past thought you can never do that. You can't go 
you know, it's hard to do business out of state, but everybody's comfortable working over the phone by email, by Zoom and everything. So it's a lot easier than it used to be. Exactly. Yeah, that's a great point. You know, there there are only so many businesses in your area that could sell. And if you want to specialize, you might start in your particular area and then branch yourself out. But you're eventually going to have to branch out if you want to continue to sell uh, within that certain industry. So that's a great point. So I also want to touch on, gentlemen, those that are out there listening right now that say, you know, do I want to specialize? Do I not? What does that mean? I'm a huge believer in education. Like when I became a business broker, I joined the IBBA. I then joined the M&A source and I took all the courses that they had to offer and I got the designations just like you guys did. And, and so I could have the best understanding of what it means and how it is to, to sell a business or be involved in the transaction of a business. So when someone's looking to specialize in a certain industry, Lou, should they get, how, how should they get involved? How deep should they get involved in that industry? Should they attend conferences? Should they join the associations? Um, uh, should they have a specific website for that industry versus a landing page on their general website? I mean, how deeply inundated should they get within an industry? Uh, that's all good suggestions, uh, and they should do that. I mean, even though you may not get a lot of leads from from that at a particular conference, say, uh, you get your, your name out there. We spend a lot of money on putting our brand out there over the years, and I think it's very important to do that. Uh, so associations uh, are very critical to our business, and we even go out of state for some association meetings. But uh, uh, the other thing about uh, specialization and education is it all goes hand in hand. Everything you learn in IVBA courses applies, and M&A source courses applies to what we do. So I would say whether you're a generalist or a specialist, get that education because it will definitely help you. And uh, and then learn as much as you can about the industry, and that's from reading as much as you can, reading uh, magazines. So you know we we subscribe to Insurance Journal, read it every day. Uh, so yeah, get very involved in that. That's a those are very good points. Yeah, we we buy we also buy best practices guides in the insurance industry. We you know we bought, I think when we first got into it, I bought a book from a guy that was an M&A advisor from 40 years ago in the industry. I went and got licenses in insurance. You know, we definitely, you got to learn the ins and outs. You got to learn the lingo. You got you to understand the industry very well. Yeah, that's something we definitely delve into. And like Lou said on the conferences, you know, we, we go to those. Uh, it gets our name out there, builds credibility that we're out in the industry. As far as how many leads we get from that, it may not be a huge amount, but you know it's just part of the branding process. What about what about your marketing specifically on social media or your website? Like websites, right? There are companies out there that I've seen that specialize that have a website that just is for their their job in that industry. Then I've seen other brokers who specialize in industries but sell other businesses, and they have a landing page on their general website. When they're marketing, they'll market that page through Google through keywords and stuff like that. Do you have an opinion on, on that, either either one of you? I'll leave that to Mike. He's, <laughs> he pretty much does most of the work on our website, and uh, he's done an incredible job, so I'll let him respond to that. Yeah. Uh, I mean, look, we went all in. I believe that was the right course. Uh, you know, if you're somebody looking for somebody to hire and you go to the website and they got 
a page dedicated to restaurants, a page dedicated to contract. You know, it really doesn't say you're specialized. It just says you're trying to pick up mark, you know, internet traffic, and you got 10 different industries highlighted on there. So, I mean, if you're going to go all in, go all in, create a, a targeted website, focus exclusively on that specialty that you're developing. Now, I really enjoy this conversation because as someone that's been in the business for a long time, I've not never been a specialist in, in any one particular area, although I've sold some industries a lot more than others, but I always, I was always fearful of just putting all my eggs in one basket and, and fearful of uh, what it would take to be successful in doing that. So when I talk to guys like you, I really, I really admire you because it could not have been an easy decision to just say, this is what we're going to do. And so those are the people that are out there listening. And, and, and again, whatever the industry might be, when they're sitting there trying to make the decision oh my God, should I do this? Or how can I do this? Do you guys, I, I'm sure could touch on the, the, the fear factor that must go in there because it could certainly could not have been, I would imagine an easy decision. Well, when we first got into it, even though we started specializing, that did not stop us from selling other businesses. And even today we still will sell one or two every once in a while, but uh, you can, you can be a generalist and work your way into a specialist. So you don't, you don't have to give up all that uh, income from just jumping into a specialty right away. Uh, and I would not recommend uh, jumping into a specialty full time without, you know, if you have other deals you can sell, go ahead and sell them. But uh, I think you'll find that uh, once you make the decision to become a specialist, uh, your marketing and everything will become a little easier you know, because you speak the language. And uh, and that's important. And when we hire new people, that's the one thing we try to teach them to do is learn to ask the right questions. And when you know, I think uh, Confucius says a uh, a wise man uh, tells someone something. A, a, a brilliant man uh, asks questions, and uh, or asks the right questions. And and so those are key important things. Uh, I I know that. My clients, so when I talk to them and I'm asking them various questions, they know that I know something about the industry, so I'm not really giving them a line. That's great insight, Lou. Um, you know, you can you can certainly work your way into it and, 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 and eventually get there, and you don't want to give up on the other opportunities that might be out there. Mike, I'm a person that's looking to be brand new into business brokerage, and I know absolutely nothing about, let alone business brokers, but uh, any industry whatsoever. So, but I want to be a business broker. I want to sell businesses. And I'm thinking, well, maybe I should specialize in a certain industry and just really attack, attack that since I'm starting from scratch anyway. What advice would you give to that person? So I'll, I'll guess I'll tell how I got in. I mean, when I started, we were generalists. And yeah, I went through to the IBBA. I think the, pretty much the first month I went full time, I went to the IBBA conference, went through all the CBI training and everything. And then we did for two years after that, we were still full time generalists. And before we before we started specializing, my point is, you know, I had some time to get the foundational business brokerage M&A process, 
kind of under the belt before we delved into an industry specialization because then it's a whole other learning curve to jump into. Uh, but if you're, especially for younger folks, I mean, if you can develop a specialty, it does give you a leg up because, you know, again, I got in and now I've got a little bit of gray hair in my beard, but uh, uh, I was a young guy and half the age, just like you were, Chris, of everybody else. And so specializing gave me a way to kind of stand out from the crowd. And I think particularly for younger folks, if they coming in without any experience, the sooner they can go on that path, the easier it's going to be for them to stand out from the crowd when they're younger and less experienced. You know, Mike, I was doing a, uh, a course for the IBBA to be online and I told a joke that I believe they edited it out because I don't think anyone thought it was too funny. But talking about age, we were dealing with younger business brokers. And I said, look, when I joined business brokers, the average the average age of a business broker was dead. And I, you know, I thought it was funny at 28 years old. But, you know, the older I get, I'm not I don't think that's so funny anymore. So, um, <laughs> the, uh, you know, the true statement, though. Lou, I got a true statement. <laughs> You know, only because most people that get in the business brokers, they don't, no one goes to college or didn't go to college thinking, I'm going to be a business broker one day because not too many people know what we do. And most of, a lot of the business brokers came from the fact that they sold their business and, and now what am I going to do next? So it was a second or third career a lot of times. So that's why people got into it a lot of times at a at a at a, at a older age than they, you might get into yeah. at a uh, as, whether you're going to be an accountant or, or something of that nature. So. Lou, we, Mike, and, and you talk about starting at a younger age, but you've done very well for yourself. I, all the recognition, and that's great, but you're now a partner in the firm, and you worked your way up through the ranks, and, and, and kudos to you. you, you know, you've, uh, you've done a great job with that. I'm well, actually, probably he's the, now the president and running the business because I'm retiring, so he's the top dog. I was going to get to that next. <laughs> hey, Chris, I'm probably the luckiest guy in this business because – you know, aside from getting into it at a young age, because it is a great career path, uh, aside from carving out a nice niche and having a great team, I've, for the last 15 years, I've really had the best mentor in Lou. And, um, you know, you know him. A lot of people in the IBBA know him. So let me, but let me kind of run down, because I think Lou is a person that most people should emulate in this business. I'm going to run through some points on that. You know, and Lou, you know, like the, the this is an IBBA podcast, so a lot of people are familiar with him. But I'll say first that Lou is a person that leads by example. So everybody in our office knows that he comes in every day, he does what needs to be done. Done, you know, he makes calls all day long, which a lot of people don't want to do in this business. When it comes to dealing with uh, clients and our staff, he always says what needs to be said. You know, sometimes brokers find that hard to do to say to clients things that are uncomfortable. Uh, no matter how many hours I've worked over the years, and Lou and I both work a lot of hours, no matter how many hours I put in or our team members put in, Lou always makes us feel like we're not working enough. Uh, you know, No matter how good a job people are doing, he makes it feel like we're not making things happen fast enough. These are all just tremendous attributes that you know, being around Lou, I've been able to pick up on. And and even where we're at today, I mean, we're, we got 10 people in our office. We have an employee-based model. Everybody's a W-2 employee. We use a, a team-based approach to how we handle engagements. 
that was something that doesn't really happen in the industry. And everybody over the years has told Lou it's not going to work, and he made it work. So, um, you know, so just to your point, I'm a lucky guy. I've had a good mentor. Lou has just been tremendous for so many people in the industry. You know, you just gave me, well, and what he said was very true um, because I've picked up the phone before and I've had an insurance company that I was looking at. I picked up the phone and called Lou and Lou gave me all sorts of advice, spent more time on the phone with me, helping to educate me along the process than anybody else would have um, with no expectation of anything other than wanting to help me. And you don't find that too often. And, and so you deserve yeah. all the, all the, all the nice things that were said because there you, you, you live what you, what you preach and you, and you, and you give to so many people. And Mike, you were very fortunate to have that. I had great mentors, you know, when I got in the business with my father and I had people that I look up to in the business like Lou and, and, uh, I think you guys just gave me an idea for another podcast for the IBBA. And I think that's mentorship and, and people that, um, and about giving back, uh, to those in the yeah. industry. So we're, we're running out of time, but I have one more thing that I want to touch on because, you know, everything we talked about is great. And a lot of times it all boils down to what have I done with my time and what does it mean to me? And, and unfortunately, in business brokerage, you know, you, you work, you, you build a nice firm, you do a good job, but you're only as good as your last sale. So you come to the point where you, you want to retire and a lot of times you just don't have anything to sell. So my question to Lou, and it's a loaded question, and you don't get, get too detailed, but is there more value um, to, uh, to a specialization firm if you decide to sell one day? Do you actually have something to sell? Well, I, I think, yes, I think there is more value because uh, you've got a brand that's probably better well-known. But uh, I think I think the reason that I was able to sell was not so much that we were a specialist, but that we had an employee-based model because, uh, you know, the employees work for us. They don't work for themselves. And like all the businesses we sell, they all have employees. And so when you have a system like that, it's a lot easier to sell something with a system than if you don't have a system. So I would think that's actually more important than uh, being a specialist. But I think a specialist helps also. That answer the question? Yeah, yeah, it absolutely does. And again, we, we work so hard and we want something one day to, you know, you, you have a restaurant and you work really hard at it and you go to retire one day, you have something to sell. Um, a lot of times, unfortunately, in our business, we work really hard and we go to retire one day and that's what we had, whatever we've done, not very much to sell or, or nothing tangible in nature. So uh, I do believe by building a brand that, that adds to it. Mike? Yeah, you know, the the challenge is like if when you're a generalist is there's so much knowledge in your head, right? So you've got, you can run across a whole variety of different types of businesses, requires knowledge or to learn that industry. The the value of the specialization is that you you create a replicable process that other people can step in and follow. And, you know, through our marketing and everything, we we create a steady pipeline of opportunities that we feed to our team. So, you know, again, there's a lot of different types of specialization. 
but the key is building a replicable process that other people can follow and then just creating the pipeline of deals for them to work that come in. Well, guys, unfortunately, unfortunately, we're out of time. We could continue talking about this on and on and on again. And, and, and But I want to thank you. One, Mike, I want to thank you. And again, kudos to you for all you've accomplished and all you have left to accomplish uh, and all that you do for the IBBA and, and, and the industry as a whole. Lou, I could just say thank you. You served your country. Uh, you served this industry. Uh, and you've done both with honor. And we owe you a debt of gratitude uh, for all that you've done. And uh, enjoy your retirement. Very well deserved. And uh, you've left it in uh, the business in very good hands, very capable hands. I know you're going to be proud to see the depths and the and the heights that uh, it's able to go uh, even when uh, you're no longer a part of the company. So, gentlemen, uh, any last words before we go? And again, thank you, thank you, thank you so much. Well, thank, thank you for uh, letting us share our opportunities. Yeah, thank you. Appreciate it, Chris. Well, everyone, uh, those of you out there that have thought about, do I want to specialize in an industry? Um, what does it mean? Does that mean I can only sell in that industry? Or, or can I do a little bit of both? Uh, I hope this gave you some really good insight that there are other opportunities out there for you, ways that you could expand your business and the benefits if you choose to go that route, the benefits associated with that. So again, we like to look at all different things on IBBA Insights. We like to bring it to you and, and to educate you so you can then make a decision on your own what you'd like to do. So again, thanks to Lou Vessio and Michael Mensch for all that they shared and all that they do. Again, if you're enjoying our show and you like the topics that we have, uh, please share it on your social media platforms. Follow us and subscribe. Go to ibba.org insights. Once you're there, you can subscribe just with a click of a button uh, using your Apple or Android device, Android device or by email. I want to take a chance to thank the IBBA podcast team, Neil Isaacs, Kate Reiner, Kate Strader. Without their hard work and support, the show would not be possible. Uh, we appreciate all of you for listening to IBBA Insights Podcast. It's our hope that we can help educate you in some way that will make a difference in your life and your business. As always, it's been my pleasure to bring you another episode of IBBA Insights. Until we talk again, may your life be filled with love, laughter, good health, and prosperity. Go out there and make your dreams come true.